You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Deacon John Foucault. We're coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth on the shores of Lake Superior at St. James Parish Gathering Space right now. And uh, we've had a great show so far, uh, interview after interview. been great, the great call-in segment, and we always leave the best for last. We and do. that's Bishop Felton of the Diocese of Duluth. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Bishop. Welcome, Bishop. That's called brown-nosing priesthood. Very good job. Very <laughs> yeah, good job. That was not my intention. I don't. I know, I know. I'm just very that. happy to be back with you okay. as we are in our post-Labor Day frame of mind, exactly. even though it's not officially fall, and people's hearts and minds officially fall as has begun exactly. So I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing something critical towards you, so I show that I'm not brown nosing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so okay. So so Bishop, speaking of speaking of that, we're talking about you know. I mean, yep. The frame of mind. It's it is summer, oh. but it's not summer. And so first thing that comes to pe- most people's minds, anyhow, is school. School is back. And right. So- you know, when I arrived here in May, um, three months ago, um, I was actually stopping in around the uh, schools just to say goodbye to students as they were starting their summer vacation. And so here we are. I'm going to be making a round to all of our Catholic schools to uh, greet students and to say hello, welcome back. But I can't believe the summertime has already happened in the in-between. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for you especially, because you're brand new here, in some ways it must seem like you've been here forever, but in other ways it seems like you've probably been here just for a day, depending on how you well, look at Well, I, I did use the opportunity uh, of a summertime. Um, I actually am up to 9,000 miles now on my vehicle over wow. a little more than three months, so I've had a, a great opportunities this summer to get all over the diocese, to be able to be with parishes and parishioners and, and folks uh, from Big Fork and Squaw Lake up in that area to Brainerd to wherever. Um, and so I, I'm just, uh, it's been a very, very good summer that way to meet a lot of people, which I appreciate. One of the things, you know, I've been involved with the Catholic schools for a big chunk of my priesthood. And one of the things that, uh, um, all of us were very pleased to hear when you did come to the diocese of Duluth that you'd mentioned on a number of occasions that you, every assignment you had in your entire priesthood had some school involved with it. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so um, I celebrated my 40th anniversary as a priest uh, in June, and for all 40 years I've always either been in a parish where we had a parish school, I have been in uh, clustered parishes where we had a school, Um, I have been in school systems, Um, so a variety of forms of Catholic schools, but uh, all 40 years I've always been connected to uh, a Catholic school, and Actually, for three of those um, 40 years, I was president of a Catholic school system in Oshkosh um, and had the experience of, of being in that role. So I'm very much committed and uh, very much in favor of the necessity of Catholic schools for carrying out the mission of the Church these days. So what do you see, Bishop, in regards to the early numbers and en- enrollments? Have you had any uh, insight to that for this year? Are we up from the prior yep, years? So, so, uh, so for this year, we are up again as the diocese, um, varying level at each one of our sites, uh, but we uh, are up in numbers. Um, last year, we saw some of that bump uh, due to some things related to the uh, pandemic, um, but the folks who have been on board and are with us uh, in many ways have been pleased with what they've been experiencing, what their children have gotten in our Catholic schools, have shared that with some other folks, and so we're seeing, again, growth uh, at a diocesan level for Catholic schools and our mission, which is a very good thing. That's not mm-hmm. happening uh, all areas across the United States, uh, but it is happening here. 
That's very good, very good to hear. So as you've traveled around, have you had an opportunity to tour some of the buildings, even though it was summertime, and see how they're set up and technology set up and capabilities in classrooms and so forth? Yeah, so I've had the opportunity to be in some of our schools. Like I said, I'm going on, uh, I'll get a T-shirt that, that says uh, uh, Catholic School Tour, you know, on it. Uh, in the next six weeks to seven weeks, I'm going to be out all over the place and get to each one of the campuses, have math, go to the classrooms, have an opportunity to meet the students, maybe a lunch with the faculties and staff. Um, but I did have, as I was out uh, meandering around during the summertime, the opportunity to go into some of our schools. Um, and we have some... Uh, we have some challenges in that some of our schools are getting a little tight on space, um, which is an incredible place to be. Mm -hmm. um, some of us might say, hey, wait a minute, what do you mean space? We, you know, we used to have X amount of kids when I went to Catholic school. Well, that was back in the days when public and Catholic schools had 40 or 50 students in a classroom. Um, and, you know, the things that we've learned from education along the way is, is uh, more relational and more one-on-one, -on -one, so our classes are a little bit smaller. Um, uh, by intention, uh, so that the teaching methodologies uh, and faith formation can take place. But um, a couple of sites that are looking at some other opportunities, maybe to um, move into different buildings to accommodate growth and new opportunities. Uh, technology obviously took a jump ahead uh, in a positive way uh, during uh, COVID when we did some things online, did many things right in the building, uh, in person, but it afforded us the opportunity to kind of upgrade some technology systems to bring faculty and staff into an alignment with some of the formation and education uh, methodologies related to that. So, so overall, uh, growth is always uh, a positive challenge. It's never a negative challenge by any means. Yeah, I don't think we've had, a, at least in my experience at schools, we haven't had a whole lot of uh, years where we had waiting lists, at least in the schools I've been involved with. Right, but now right. we do. Yep. We do. I mean, here at Stellamaris, we do have at some grades, there are waiting yep. lists. And, and so, and you know, some of our sites in the diocese, uh, yeah, there are, there's a waiting list now. So, Bishop, I mean, and, I know. Uh, it uh -huh. really, you know, it, the last thing in the world any principal of a Catholic school wants to do is place people on a waiting list. Right. And yet at the same time, kind of the shadow side of that is, wow, you know, that's that's a wonderful problem to have for a principal, that there's people waiting to get into your school. So, you know, we have the uh, the whole issue of COVID was one thing. I think that was a big push last year because we were in person for the whole year as a school and a lot of the public schools weren't. But, you know, I mean, now that, you know, we're kind of, um, you know, still working through this COVID thing, but, you know, there's other things I think that are pushing people towards Catholic schools as well, maybe more cultural things. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a whole new context for our Catholic schools. You know, when I was in Catholic school at St. Edward's uh, in my uh, home parish of Mackville, um, it was kind of the 1950s uh, version of our Catholic schools, and for many of the folks listening on the radio, they might be old enough to remember the 1950s version, and what do I mean by that? Um, first of all, all parish schools, uh, almost every parish had some sort of their school, Catholic school, many times uh, run by a religious community or at least a sister or a nun as principal, and the pastor kind of, that was the staff, and, and they ran the school. Um, and many of our schools were ethnic-based. So there was the Polish school, the Irish school, the German school, Sylvanian school uh, in this area, whatever the case might be. Um, and often the parishes then were the feeders into the Catholic schools. So if you belonged to that parish, it was just assumed that you were going to go to the parish's uh, Catholic school. Um, but in our own given day and age, there's a whole new need for and a whole new contextualization of Catholic schools. Um, first of all, 
uh, back in uh, the day when I went to a Catholic school, the whole society or culture kind of was permeated by, you know, a Christian culture, in many instances, a Catholic culture. You're dating um, we yourself. We no longer <laughs> can assume that these days, um, that many of our cultures have become more secularized. So, you know, in the communities in which we live, in the uh, organizations in which we dwell, um, we just can't count on them to be passing on Catholic traditions and uh, the Catholic faith or things related to Christianity. So our Catholic schools have really become just a, a place, a hub, where we need to take our students and to make them schools of discipleship. And so uh, and what I mean by that is, ultimately, in our Catholic schools, if somebody at the end of the day, at the end of the school year, and when they graduate, should have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, and a live relationship, should be able to follow Jesus and the Scriptures and the Catholic teachings and traditions, a regular churchgoer to worship our Lord and our Savior with such a grateful heart, but that we've also made discipleship makers who then are sent forth into the world to call other people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's the new context of a Catholic school. It really needs to be a school of discipleship, forming and shaping disciples, but also discipleship makers, disciple makers, to go out into the world to grow um, our Catholic faith. Bishop, so, with, oh, go ahead. so with that context and your prior assignment and invo- long involvement with schools, can you speak to what impact you have seen uh, both on the people, the students as they are in the school or out of the school, but also on the community that they live in. Right. So, so I'm a firm believer that ultimately the mission of our Catholic schools and the mission of our Catholic parishes is not unto ourselves. God brought us into existence for a reason and a purpose, but it wasn't in the end. It doesn't stop with ourselves. It really is to extend it to the communities in which we live. You know, if our Catholic schools are, are really embedded in a community and embedded with that community in such a way of evangelizing and the social care and justice of a community, um, what we bring in terms of the value structure to that community, you know, if a Catholic school was going to move down the road, I would hope the community runs after that Catholic school and says, you are so important to us, you cannot leave this community. I mean, that, that's where we should be in terms of our evangelization, our outreach, and that's the mission that has been given to our Catholic schools. So, yeah. you know, it's it really the, the reason to have and the, necess- the necessary component of our Catholic schools is essential. It's not, you know, an intangible thing. It's not on the fringe. It's essential uh, to our mission of evangelizing and discipleship. I remember, Bishop, one time, this was a number of years ago, I was down in Rochester, Minnesota, doing CPE, clinical pastoral education, and right across the street from the church that I was living at, at the Catholic church I was living at, was a non-denominational church, and I had to go back uh, to turn around, and I went into the pla- into the uh, um, uh, parking lot of this non-denominational church, and on the back side of the sign of the church, so the only people I'd ever see this are the people that are leaving the church, it said, now entering into missionary territory. Which I thought was just That's incredible. Great. Yep. Yeah. That's I mean, exactly. what That's a great exactly sign it. for people leaving that church. They're leaving the parking lot. They're now entering into missionary territory. And what you're saying our Catholic schools are supposed to do is exactly what that sign was telling those churchgoers yep. from that church. You know, to go back to form our families and then as family units, you know, to be, you know, embedded in the community and all the relationships that go with other families and friends and organizations and structures to be impacting them in the person and in the name of Jesus. Absolutely so.
so critical to our mission and carrying out that mission. The other thing that's kind of different than the 1950s version is our parishes were primary feeders into the Catholic school. Now, our Catholic schools are often a feeder into the parish, that before people are even connected to the parish itself, they check out the school, get involved in the school, and then through the school, become a part of the parish community. So building those bridges between parish and Catholic school is huge, and yet at the same time, the flow has changed a little bit. It was always from the parishes to the Catholic schools. Now, in many instances, it's the Catholic schools also growing our parishes. Yeah. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about that. After the break, we're talking to Bishop Daniel Felton of the Diocese of Duluth, and we'll come back to continue this conversation after this brief break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss not just suicide. I promise it will help. We need to hear from our spiritual side. We are spiritual beings. We are not secular beings trying to be spiritual or gain a spirituality. We are His, and we are spiritual beings trying to learn how to live in a secular world. Every every way we can, uh, Something that happened to us uh, 20 years ago, our home was destroyed. We were homeless for a while. And the bottom line is everything came together. We had a huge debt when we got all finished. Four years ago, we were able to pay off all of that debt. God not only provided a means, but a plan uh, of which to do that. It's, It's really amazing when you believe and try to act accordingly how the whole thing can work out. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Father Richard Kunster along with Deacon John Foucault coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We've been talking to Bishop Daniel Felton of Duluth in regards to Catholic schools. And one of the things before the break, uh, Bishop, you were talking about how the feeder system has kind of went uh, kind of went opposite directions from like the school, uh, Catholic schools of the 1950s versus today. One of the challenges I think that um, a lot of my brother priests and you know even just staff of schools have had uh, recently that might be a part of that is that there's a lot of people out there that are seeking um, a, a private school, they want an alternative to the public school, and are not necessarily looking for 
a Catholic school, but a lot of them, because they don't have any other private school options, they come to our Catholic schools. And sometimes they come with a very different set of opinions and thoughts and philosophies in regards to education. And I don't know if that's an experience you had or if you had thoughts on that uh, when we're faced with a challenge like that. Yeah, I mean, I think there are so many different reasons and opportunities to choose a Catholic school. Um, And, you know, some of them are just very practical. So it's unbelievable, but we've moved on to a new generation, the Generation Z, I think it's called now. I don't know what we're going to do after Z. We're at the end of the alphabet. Um, Millennials, no. Uh, Generation Z. And a part of the generation that's coming through our schools now, one of the top values that they seek is security. Um, and wanting to know that wherever they are, that they're secure. Um, and so our Catholic schools, you know, I think just given our size, given our focus, given our ability to be relational, you know, that there's a security that we can provide, and some people are seeking that out. Uh, some people would be seeking out the excellent academic, you know, component of all of this. Some people would be uh, seeking out, again, smaller classes, relational. Just there's a whole lot of good reasons why people choose Catholic schools, and yet the core and the mission of a Catholic school is to grow a relationship in Jesus Christ um, and to do that in a way through our Catholic uh, tradition. And so in the end, our schools then provide us with a wonderful opportunity um, to be able to have a nucleus of families together um, that we can begin evangelizing. And evangelizing is not, uh, is not browbeating or, or forcing people into a particular situation. It's inviting people into a relationship with Jesus Christ to discover Him, follow Him, ultimately worship and share Him. So I see the schools, uh, even though there might be a variety of reasons um, to, uh, to get into our Catholic school, it's like the, the, uh, the diamond in the backyard in terms of uh, discipleship and evangelization. Start first with the families that are in our Catholic schools. Um, there's no better setting uh, to be able to do that uh, than with them. So even though it might be for a different reason, in the end I think we're still solid in our core and mission. So Bishop, in regards to our, our schools and funding and financial situations, are there any opportunities that are out there in regards to helping to support the schools? You know, I think that, first of all, we have to concentrate on making our schools accessible and affordable. So um, we do that in a variety of ways, uh, but we can never, we can never uh, bask in our laurels on that. We just have to keep working at it any possible way we can to help a family, support a family, uh, to make it accessible and affordable. That's, that's a, a primary uh, thrust of our efforts. Um, and then we have new people that are coming on board as, as we continue to grow and they see the, the need for our mission um, in terms of uh, developing the human person and the spiritual components along with the intellectual and the human, um, the mission of serving others and reaching out to communities in which we dwell. There are other folks who are wanting to come on board then and to make that mission happen. Um, recently, we just had an opportunity. Um, we've had someone come forward, um, and through a foundation, we have the opportunity. It's called the Salt Foundation, Schultz Foundation, and it's a, a grant. And they'll give us fifty thousand if we match that fifty thousand with donors. So there's going to be information coming out on this. It's going to be a, an incredible opportunity for our Catholic uh, school office here for the diocese to work with principal leadership, to uh, work with enrollment growth, technology innovation, just a whole variety of ways uh, that we can move forward. 
And it's just one example through the Schultz Foundation of being able to bring people on board that believe in our mission and are wanting to support that financially. If anybody would want more information on that, they can call the uh, education office, and uh, we would be happy to talk to you. That's great. That sounds like a wonderful opportunity, a $50,000 matching grant. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to obtain that quite easily with the large area that we serve and the schools that we have. And that's right. the Schultz, is that from the, um, uh, is that, uh, what's the store that the Schultz, isn't it a store that's, um, oh, it's Best Buy, isn't it, Bishop? I am not sure about that. Okay. I believe okay. it is, though, okay. because they've been very supportive, yes. Of the, this foundation has been very supportive of schools in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, hmm. and now they're expanding out into uh, other dioceses beyond that. So, yes, they are connected to that. Thanks for so, refreshing my memory. So if somebody's interested, if they're just hearing this, one of our listeners, they could call the diocesan office and just inquire, and if they wanted to contribute financially to that initial $50,000, they could do that to the school office, meaning the diocese. They can do that to the school office, and if it's something of a more personal nature and they want to remain anonymous, just give me a phone call as your bishop, and I'd be happy to talk to you. You know, there's there's so many things that people, um, uh, there's so many good, worthy programs and projects that people can give money to, but there's probably not too much more worthy than spreading the faith and passing the faith on to new generations. That's what we're, that's that's the Great Commission, right? To, to uh, yep. uh, evangelize and to teach. And so we have to not lose sight of the absolute gravity of importance that our Catholic schools have to offer. Right, and that's why they're so essential to the mission. Culture and society just used to do that because it was basically a Christian, and in many instances, ethnically a Catholic culture, but we can't count on that anymore. And so our schools, our Catholic schools, are like hubs and places where we can go to be able to develop that relationship and that faith with Jesus Christ and and our our Catholic tradition, and then from that hub to go out into the communities that are around us. And and believe me, I mean, we're so lucky, you know, we're we're up in Kibbing, Virginia, High Falls, you know, Grand Rapids, uh, Brainerd, Cloquet. Cloquet, a hundred years ago, the school burnt down, the church burnt down. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that that huge fire, and they're up and alive, and that... uh, very much Queen of Peace is, is growing, you know, so so uh, the mission is as important today for Catholic schools, if not even more important than it was in the uh, in the 1950s model. That's right. You don't have to have a kid or a grandkid in the schools. It's our responsibility as Catholics to, 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 to bring the faith to the next generation. And supporting our Catholic schools in this way is the uh, most important way to do that. It's really right. community support. And then, then we have the exciting uh, news uh, also for our Catholic school here in Duluth, uh, the Estella Maris, kind of a system, but looking to expand in 2002 to include a uh, beginnings of a Catholic high school. And that is very, very exciting, not, not just for Duluth, um, but for all of our Catholic schools, I think with the hybrid model that we have and some opportunities with technology, you know, there are going to be high school possibilities that could be developed in those other sites as well. Yeah, Bishop, thank you very much. I think, and I think that topic in a particular way, we were going to uh, maybe have you back or some other people back to talk about that because it is a very big new venture here in the Diocese of Duluth about bringing forth high school education and a Catholic education. But uh, uh, So we'll touch base on that one again for sure, Bishop. But thank you very much for joining us again on Real Presence Live. It's, good, it's been good to have you. Thank you, it's always, it's always great to be with you. And just uh, hello to everybody that's out there. I just love being in Duluth. And I hope that I have the opportunity to meet you real soon. Bishop, can you give us a little quick blessing before we... Sure. It's a loving and gracious God on this beautiful day of sunshine. May we never take a day for granted. It's the precious gift that has been given to us. 
Yet the sun outside pales by comparison to your son, Jesus Christ, who walks every step of the way with us today. And through the events and people and experiences of this day, may it be in the Lord's name that we are truly blessed. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you Thank all. You, Bishop. Thanks for Thank this you, radio Bishop. station. Have a day. How lucky we are. Yep. Take God care. bless. Goodbye. All right. Great show. Boy, As I tell you, another great two hours. Yep. Just fantastic and guests we, that we've had. We have to talk about the next two hours for Real Presence Live. So, Therese, are you there to tell us about the next show? Yes, I am. So, on the next Real Presence Live, that's tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Father Jason Kern and Nick Medelsky will be coming to you live from St. James Coffee in Rochester. Joe Bakken from St. Thomas More Newman Center will be talking about ministering on college campuses. And Melissa Scaccio from St. James Coffee will tell us about a unique response to the call to a new evangelization. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, and that's Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you very much, Mm -hmm. Therese. Well, Deacon John, it's been good to have you as my co-host. Thank Thank you. you. It's been good to be here once again. I really appreciate the opportunity and and always enjoy spending time with you and the hosts and the guests that we have. Yeah, I mean, we've had a, I think, I mean, our show was particularly good today. I was very very pleased with all of our guests from uh, Pastor Raleigh to Brian Birch from Catholic Vote and uh, our bishop. And then a great segment for those call-ins. I mean, this is probably, I don't know how many questions we had, but it had to be about the most I've had. Second, last time I was here, we had a lot too, so I don't know. Maybe don't know. we help uh, spur them together. Yeah, maybe it's you. Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe you're the the <laughs> secret uh, recipe to getting more people out here to, to ask yeah, questions. But that works. It's, it's been, a, it's been a, a, certainly, it's a great show. And, and um, uh, beginning of school for a lot of people that are listening, I know that life changes, gets a lot busy, certainly for us priests. And I'm sure for a lot of the listeners as well, as you bring the little kids back to school, maybe have a little bit more sense of freedom for yourself back at home as well. But uh, it's been a great show. And uh, And on behalf of myself and all your parishioners in the community, thank you for serving as a priest and to all the priests and and bishop out there. We want to thank you for all your Thanks, John, and your service as a deacon. So why don't we end with a a little prayer in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this uh, two hours of great shows. And we give blessings to all those that are listening in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you next time, everybody, or listen to you next time. God bless everyone. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.